8th of May evening, this is PBE Daily, Point Blank Vumbi's podcast. I am Point Blank Vumbi. Thanks so much for joining me for this evening segment. The cool thing about today was the rain happened, but I got saved, man. I had a whole other topic planned out for this evening after a very productive day. I'll get into that a little bit later. But first things first, of course, a recap of my day. Got into the office bright and early. Great work after all the activity that I did in the house. The drawings I wanted to fulfill for my clients, I pulled that off. I even put in an extra one that was being waited on and it had been paused for quite some time but we found a way to get it done and I'm very happy whenever I get the work done and the person that I'm making the art for is happy. Second part of that was in the evening I got another email from a person who had been working on the character designs for their work and they're happy. They're happy with what they see so I basically have a green light to make the next phase and the way I work in phases is I'll make a couple of drawings based upon a specific style and if that style looks like it's working in accordance to what is being looked for it green lights me to do everything related to that style because for every illustrator you should know this if you're going to make characters come to life or you're going to make specific sets as far as backgrounds come to life study them like the back of your hand and I know I have a couple of sketches I'm supposed to put together for other books and book ideas that people are are interested in working on with me and I'm, I'm, I'm jumping on all these things I, I, I like keeping my mind fully active the activity of the of the office and the house are two very different things I never carry the work from the office into the house and I never do the same for the work from the house into the office it just makes for two different ways to keep my mind engaged with different things to do now on my evening way on the evening on my way back home because the rains did catch me at a bad place as in, I literally left the office and then the rain started so you figure you know what the universe is hilarious so I get lucky because one of the ladies who works in my building is actually a neighbor she lives a couple of blocks up and she had gotten herself a cab and she offered a ride and I'm very grateful for kind people who are willing to actually share a ride with a person who they know from just acquaintances and just hanging out it was great and she had a, a drop-off she was supposed to do and the drop-off was in a place of a mutual musical artist who she says she grew up with the guy and she's proud of what the guy has done with himself and I'm not going to name drop because I think it's unfair to you to start acting like I'm this big superstar celebrity guy but the man put an album out last year that's the biggest clue I can give you and she said something that actually had me feeling I should really address this instead of the topic I had in mind. The topic I had in mind, I'll try do it tomorrow morning. It's a heavy one. I'm still on the audiobook in the office and it's finally gotten to the part for the 1800s and how Leopold messed us up and how Africa has been. Let's just say when I get to that episode, it's going to be a bit heavy and I'll try fight the instinct to be impulsively angry about it. I'm going to try the objective. I'm going to, I'm going to have perspective with that one. But the topic that came into mind when I was sitting down with her in the cab was this. Haters. And when I say haters, I mean this. It's a blanket statement said by most people around my age bracket. They say Kenyans are haters and it's not fair that they're doing that. They don't even support their own and blah, blah, blah. And I've heard this argument time and time again. Now, here's my take on this whole hater situation. Pay very close attention. Yes, Kenyans are haters. And I love them for it. Here's why. When I began my journey into art, visual arts and verbal arts, because I did a couple of rhymes here and there, to get a person's vote of approval, especially from the guys who I grew up admiring, like my, my heroes, to get them to give me props for the raps I was doing was painful and I never got it. Like that vote of 
of like yeah you got this thing you're gonna be great keep pushing i got it from like maximum two artists and that's before i even made my best friend who's also a rapper and before we even got to that level only two artists in my when i was 20 years old actually told me like yo after after we had a like a mock rap battle and i got my my face ripped open this guy took the time out of his busy schedule being a famous dude pulls me to the side and tells me like yo this is where you went wrong you should do this 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 and this he gave me constructive criticism after demolishing me on a battle now that's not hate that's actual camaraderie i'm i'm grateful for that then i get into the industry and i started realizing that some people play with certain pockets it's like there are certain cliques of people who will always back each other and make sure each other are good case in point i noticed this in the corporate world and i'm not saying this to try and offend any person in the corporate world that i will do business with you are not the person i'm talking about because you actually mess with me and you gave me work based on my merit of actually doing stuff right so i applaud you for making me have a chance to actually make a few coins now the guys i'm addressing are these guys they grew up with certain artists and I get it because you grew up with these guys you owe it to them to give them a fighting chance in the industry whenever they leave and come back as there's a time a freaking exodus happened that was around 2000 I think 7 and 8 2006 2007 2008 somewhere in that pocket all the guys who are like the biggest artists in Kenyan music all left it's like i'm tired of the haters in this place there's no opportunities for us here they all left and it was like barren ground and the guys who were left behind were guys who couldn't escape and i say escape in quotes so they decided okay we're just gonna wallow in this and they wallowed and many guys who are my heroes ended up truly losing the true form that they had and it was the most painful thing for me to see because i'm like I have a pedestal with your name on it. I gotta pull you off it. It's always gonna have your name, but I gotta find a way to get you back there when you're ready. And only you can dictate that. I can't pull you out of your hole. But then the executives in these companies will give first priority to this guy once they come back because, hey, I grew up a fan. I'm in this position of power. Of course, I'm gonna give first dibs or first priority to the person who I grew up on. Meanwhile, the guy who was right underneath the wing, the child who was, and I'm quoting from a certain documentary I watched called Crips and Bloods Made in America, and it's this guy called Kumasi. And Kumasi said the way the young generation that picked up the Crips and Bloods were like a planet out of orbit. They didn't have father figures. They didn't have representation of people who could give them guidance. They didn't have people who could direct them in the proper direction of making craft and making use of their lives now in our music industry in kenya we didn't have those figures the few who stayed and made an impact they always get shout outs in songs from the artists who are the biggest artists in the country right now everybody else doesn't get mentioned because who talks about a person who decided you weren't worthy of them being your best you're not you're, you're not worthy of being their son you're unworthy of being a person to inherit their talents. So we decided, you know what, screw them, we're going to do us, we're going to be the best of us, and they'll have to bow to us when it comes to that moment. Now, the hater is then born when that executive says, who's this young upstart trying to prove himself to me when I already have the guy who I need to make things happen? The young artist ends up suffering because he has the market he has the the crowd he has the clouds needed to impact the specific target market this particular executive has but they won't give this guy an opportunity because well you're young i think it's time you, you just make it to your 30s and then maybe we can give you a shooting 
position to, to make things happen. Another part where this hateration comes, and I'm going to break it down further once I get to the next level, but just bear with me as I give you context. Second opportunity I saw where this hating situation was probably just making sure it takes shape is when we go for a conference. It was at the United Nations headquarters in Nairobi. And we went for this conference. There was a bunch of us who were like young aspiring artists. I was, I think, all of 24 at the time. The cool thing was I'm seeing my pals there. These guys have like six, seven mixtapes in their belt. Under their belt, they, they've got producers in the room. They've got basically record studios of guys sitting in this space at the same time. Now, we're sitting down, we're listening to artists who were big from 98 to the point where we were at that time. And it's the same rhetoric. You need to have this quality of music. You need to have this quality of that. It's like the same regurgitated talk. And I got, I was in my 20s. I got angry. I asked for the mic and I just said, like, dude, we didn't come here to learn how to sell bread. We know how to make the bread. We have the oven and everything. We're here to know how we get in. Like show us the paperwork. We, we literally came here to parlay. Like this was us trying to make sure we can make bread together. But then that changes. And as a result, the whole hater situation gets become, it becomes the next level of being big because now these big artists who are sitting us and they're like these upstarts are talking to them so aggressively, it becomes an issue. And we got sidelined. And for months we couldn't get events. And for months we couldn't get to be around them because they're like, no, we talk to the CEOs, you don't. So we figure, okay, if you can't beat them, join them. But I figure, you know what, if you can't join them, freaking take it from them. So we did. And for a decade of Kenyan music, artists just started pushing their own stuff, making their own merch. And now, now is when those executives are realizing, okay, now we can't fight these guys. They've got millions of people listening to them globally. They have got thousands of people buying their music locally. And they finally have hundreds of people who will pay good money to come see them perform live and make an impact in their industry. They own the industry. We can dictate things. By letting people hate on what you do, it helps you get destructive critique. The problem with this situation is if you let the destructive critique get under your skin. I expect hate in every drawing I make because I come with this theory where that this phrase that I, that I got from a couple of books. I don't remember the actual book title that I was reading, but it told me this. Charlie Chaplin, the legendary Charlie Chaplin, an actor from Europe, he had taken part in a competition for a lookalike of him. He came out seventh. Coming out seventh in a competition about how he looked. If that's not iteration being put into perspective, I don't know what is. We are always in auditioning. We are always going to be amateurs in this industry. We are always going to be weak people trying to find their way to be seen as the best. And you're always as good as far as art goes. You're only as good as the last commission you did perfectly. Corporates don't care about your feelings. You feel hated upon. Hate is a feeling. It's a, it's, it's a verb. It's an adjective. It's all these things put together. The question is, will you have the hate stand in your way or will you have it push you from behind? These are questions you should ask yourselves. And as a people, as a Kenyan community, as a Kenyan society, here's my offering for you. Maybe it'll work for you. Maybe it won't. When hate happens, it helps bring the toughest of us to the surface. Granted, some of us have tougher skin than others. We're not all built the same. I get it. I embrace it. 
I accept that. But those of us who make it through the tough situations and make it to the top of the food chain should also have the empathic level to not be greedy and hold on too tight to it because we can only work perfectly if the tide lifts all ships. If you can take the hits and you can take the aggression that people are giving to you in a negative light, open the doors for the guys who are not as strong emotionally but they're super talented as well. Merit does not care where you were born. Merit cares what you create. Hate will exist no matter what. I love the fact that internationally, local productions, local artists, local athletes get more respect. I, for one, would be standing in a supermarket line with a person who's considered like a gold medalist globally. And he or she is the best thing to happen when a European sees them and they're like, oh my God, you want this thing in, in my country and blah, blah, blah. To me, I'm like, hey, he already represented me. He's already a Kenyan. The fact that he's a Kenyan and he wore that flag on his skin and he represented saying that that's the place I was born, I can't hate on him and I won't even start being aggressive against him or try to act like now he think he the, he the truth because he won that medal. Yeah, he won that medal. But I come from the school of thought where you go, you go in, you make a representation, you kill it and once you kill it, you come back and say like, okay, what's the next challenge? That locally we don't go through enough love from our own fans. Like haters, like they, I don't, think, I don't even think haters have dreams. I think they have haterations, and those haterations wake up and become utterations, and those utterations become these things that affect us so badly. And I hope to one day talk about this whole situation of this excessive empathy and and search for empathy we have as a country and as a generation and as a people aggressive tough talk is how i grew up i wasn't like beaten up by my parents my parents loved me and they loved in the way they, they knew how because there's no manual for parenting and as far as i go the greatest gift i ever got from my parents was when they realized i found my path and they found i could make a living from it i earned respect from it and by earning that respect, I could say there's nothing you could tell me past that. If my mom and my pop or the people I hold dear, like my family, if they tell me I'm good enough, great. Haters will talk. But if the hate gets to a level where even the quality of my work gets affected, then we truly do have a problem. And for every person who considers themselves a hater, and you consider yourself a person who li you literally just live in this world where you're just seething with this emotion that is not born inside you as a child, that you just picked it up when you came into the world and you find that the world is against you, let me give you this as a perfect way to see me. Point Blank Ivumbi welcomes you to consider the facts. By hating, you've lost time because you're not producing anything. You're not productive. That's why hate is counterproductive. Because when you're too busy throwing words of, of aggression and words that just seethe and destroy, I'm actually making things come to life. I'm a very, very patient man. I play the patient game every step of the way. The only thing that makes me impatient is late checks. But that's okay. That's okay. We'll make it past that huddle. Because when a check comes in, it's just when it's supposed to come. I firmly believe in this one thing I keep on telling myself. There's no check like a late check. Because that thing seems to arrive right on time. And I haven't been proven wrong by that theory yet. I'm just glad I keep pushing myself to hustle more and more. Hate exists. Hate is prevalent. 
Hate is born from a person who's not willing to take in the effort or born from the fears they have to actually try to put the effort in to be productive. So for you, as you listen to me, take this as a piece of advice. Be Caesar or be nothing at all. For it took hate from people who saw Caesar as a person who was a bottom feeder from a big Julii family. For him to find his way up the food chains, to take over Gaul, to take all this, to pillage and plunder, to own that all that he owned and make his, his triumph into Rome and to take Rome, everything for what it's got and even make an opportunity to, for, for his next of kin, which was his nephew, to become the greatest Caesar known as Caesar Augustus. You know what a hater did for Caesar? A hater made Julius Caesar so boss there's a month named after him. The reason why it's called July is because of Julius Caesar, son of the Julii. Think on that before you start thinking that haters are making you weaker. Again, Musa, I digress. That's all I had to say for about that topic for today. The topic I had in mind was something to do with something of historical relevance and I'll give a hint of what it touches on. Um, in the initial days of slave trade, and this in accordance to how the book is going so far, the audio book, which is A History of the World by Andrew Marr, we're now touching on parts of um, slave, slavery and the, the slave trade and how that affected uh, different communities or like native communities of areas that were taken during the imperial uh, expansion by different countries, empire building, and two products, sugarcane and cotton. When I hear the crimes caused by slave bosses on sugarcane alone, I damn you have a hard time enjoying the taste of sugar in tea. And if we even go as far as South America with the situation with bananas, Let's just say we have to know it to go through it and go past it. I hate no one in the world. I just accept that they're not going to see things my way. In the immortal words of Eddie Griffin, think it ain't illegal yet, but they're working on it. This was the evening edition, slightly longer than most others, but when I get super passionate about something that's very dear to my heart, I'm going to ramble a lot. I'm going to go in and I'm going to go as far as I can. As we find our legs with this and this whole thing with uh, podcasting, I'm grateful for everybody who's actually listening to us on different platforms. We're so far on eight different podcatchers. I'm glad people are enjoying themselves and are loving what they're listening to. Let's keep this thing pushing. The whole purpose of this is to, for me to conversate with the world and you are the world to me. You are the opportunity for me to decompress and just be able to sit back on my sketch pad and sketchboard and my notepads and create great things. All the things I talk to you about will be revealed further in the future when you see the visual stuff I create. Point Blank, it won't be on all social platforms. I'm very grateful for your listenership. I'm going to catch you tomorrow morning for the morning edition on the next day. This has been the evening one. Let's have fun. Sleep tight. Talk to you tomorrow. Thank you.